Welcome to the Missionaries Podcast. Stories from the mission field for everyone, for you to listen, learn, and enjoy. Your host for today is Martin. Welcome everyone. Welcome to this podcast. This is a story about a little red bike and unbelief. I guess I was around 19 years old, something like that. You know, that certain age when where you think you know everything, but in retrospect, you didn't know nothing. It's that age. And uh, I was working at a congress center in the Netherlands as a sound engineer and as an electrician. And it was a Christian congress center. And one of our guests who got there for a conference was a church from the UK. And they had the conference down there, and in all honesty, their equipment was state-of-the-art. They recorded everything on video. They've got the whole shebang. So for me as a sound engineer, wow, that was quite something. And um, so I worked with them for about two weeks. And at the end of the two weeks, they said, well, hey, why didn't you come over to our church and work for us? Not paid, but as a volunteer. Hmm. That got me thinking. Let's be honest. Maybe that's something from God. Maybe God is asking me to work for him full time as a volunteer. Huh. And in that way I can combine my passion for electronics, sound engineering, with working for God. Well, that's that's not too bad. So all in all, yeah, why don't we do that? Let's make an appointment. I'll come to your place. For a couple of months, uh, see how it goes, and if everything works out fine, I'll start to work for you. So I got to the UK by bike. I didn't have a car back then. I had a little red racing bike, and I drove with my bike from the Netherlands to the UK. It was quite a trip, actually. I forgot a couple of things. The Netherlands is flat. The only hill that we've got in the Netherlands is a traffic bump, and that's about it. But in the UK they do have hills, so if you go from Harwich, where the ferry is, to the place where I had to go, it was up the hill, down the valleys, it was quite a trip actually. And the other thing was, I measured it out on an old paper map. You know how it goes, you get a ruler out with a paper map, one centimeter is that amount of kilometers. So I thought, well, that's around two and a half two hours and 45 minutes by bike so that's doable so I started travel and the other thing well there was another thing I I didn't think about bicycle lanes so I traveled on the A12 from Harwich to London by bicycle which is a highway or a motorway and I traveled on the shoulder with my bicycle which wasn't the safest construction either You'll get the idea. Uh, up the hills, down the valleys. It was pretty rough. Got cramp. Oh man, it was tough. And after around two and a half hours, I still didn't see a sign of the city where I had to go. So um, I stopped at a gas station. I guess it's a petrol station in the UK, but hey, you'll get the idea. So I stopped at a gas station and I asked them, well, I'm looking for town A or B. I still didn't see a sign. Do you have any idea how long I still have to travel? And he looked at me. He said, are you nuts? Why? You're here by bike? Yeah. 
you can't drive over the motorway by bike. Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing, so... But how far do I still have to go? Still have to go. And then he said, well, you still have quite a while to go, actually. You still have that amount of miles to travel on your bike. And oh, man, then I knew it. Uh, in the UK, they think in miles and not in kilometers. So it wasn't 60 kilometers. It was 60 miles. And 60 miles, if you do the math, it's around 100 kilometers. So all in all, it was quite a... Well, it was quite something. It was not two hours and 45 minutes. It was around five and a half hours on the motorway on my little red bike. Oh, man, what a trip. I'll never do that again. I can tell you that. It was terrible. So when I arrived after five and a half hours, the family that I could stay with were pretty happy to see me alive and kicking. They thought that I didn't make it. But I made it. And they were the most welcoming people. The most welcoming people that I have ever met. The church that they had in the UK had church meetings almost every day or every day, I guess. So the next day I went on my little red bike to one of them church meetings. And when I arrived at the church, there was a sign next to the church that struck me actually. It was one of them billboards that said, let me get the picture. Um, yeah, I took a picture of it. So that means that it meant something for me. The billboard said, miracles, healing, faith, come and see. And for one of the other reason that I thought that was odd. Can you go to a church and get some sort of guarantee that you do get saved there? That you will get healed that you will see miracles yeah i do believe that god does do miracles that he does heal i do have faith in that but it doesn't mean i can make an appointment with god that he will heal me tuesday at 3 p.m so i thought that was odd but hey okay i was still young i was really eager to learn from god i was really eager to See what God had in store for me. So I went to the first church meeting. And it was a pretty wild church meeting. Well, really wild actually. You get the idea. But let, let me give you just one example. On stage, the pastor, who actually didn't call himself a pastor, but he called himself a bishop told on stage that if you did not go to their church, you were cursed, you would go to hell, and you, would, you were a devil. And that was odd. And he didn't say it nicely or politely. He was screaming, screaming it off the pulpit. So, well, that was something. And I thought of John 3.16 where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And that's something different than for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him and, go to, and goes to church A, B, or C should not perish but have eternal life. No, it doesn't say that. It's faith in Jesus. Full stop. 
So I thought that was odd. And there were a couple of more things that I thought, uh, I don't know. But hey, you're young. What do you know? So um, after church, I got back to the family where I stayed with. And I asked them questions. They were actually elders from the church. They were the nicest people. And I asked them questions. Hey, this is what we heard in church. It was a great church meeting. I enjoyed it. But the pastor said that if you don't go to your church, you'll go to hell. And he was pretty firm about it. But when I read it in John 3.16, it says something different. So is there something that I just don't get? Or am I reading the wrong Bible passage? Or And they said, well, if the pastor says that you'll go to hell if you don't go to our church, we have to believe what the pastor says. And uh, he is the anointed from God. Or God anointed him. And we have to believe what he says. And I was like, yeah, sure. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I would like to talk it over with the pastor. Do a little Bible study on it. I, I think I don't. I don't think I get the whole idea. I think I'm missing a Bible verse or I would love to learn. So if he's got the time, I would love to learn more about this topic. They said, sure, we can set up a meeting with the pastor. And well, in the end, the meeting never happened. There were more odd things. And after every church meeting, I went up to the pastor and said, do you get, do you have time tomorrow or somewhere during the week that we could discuss a couple of things? I've got questions and I would love to do a Bible study on topic A, B or C. So if you've got time, please give me a call or let me know and I'll be there. Well, that never happened. The pastor started to avoid me and um, that was odd. And they also had youth meetings, and in the youth meetings, I asked the same questions. Hey, it was a great church meeting yesterday. The pastor said A, B, and C. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, do you think the same? And when I read my Bible, I read something different. So what are your thoughts as my fellow youth members? What are your thoughts on it? And they all said, well, you know, if the pastor says A, it's A, and we have to believe what the pastor says. And if you've got questions, go to the pastor. And I said, well, you know, I went to the pastor and he doesn't want to talk to me for whatever reason. I don't know. Or maybe he's busy. But, um, yeah. And the meeting never happened, which was odd. Well, it got worse. After a couple of weeks, we drove back from the church to the place where I stayed by car and the guy who drove the car stopped the car at the side of the road and he said Martin we need to talk yeah sure okay and he said we're going to send you back to the Netherlands tomorrow the pastor told us that you have a bad influence on the youth you're a rebel you're not a Christian and we'll send you back to the Netherlands tomorrow and I was like I'm a bad influence on the youth I'm not a what do you mean I'm a bad influence on the youth? What did I do? What did I say? Did they do something wrong? I mean, I can't remember that I did anything wrong. I didn't get drunk or something. I mean, we didn't have wild parties. So why am I a bad influence on the youth? 
That's wild. But, well, they indeed shoved me off back to the Netherlands the very next day. They put my little red bike in their van and drove me up to the ferry. And the next day I was back in the Netherlands. And there you are, back in your own home country. And what are you going to say to your home church in your home country? They asked me questions. How did it go in the UK? And I said, well, you know what? Yeah, I had a great time. There were nice people, but it didn't work out. And well, I'm I'm still continuing my commercial job in the Netherlands. But I never told them that they actually kicked me out of church. I never, ever dared to say that to them. Let's be honest. Being kicked out of a church is quite something. That ain't gonna fly. So I didn't dare to share it with anybody. For more than 10, 15, maybe 20 years, can't remember. So I struggled with it. I also struggled with God. God, listen, I traveled with you to the UK. And they kicked me out of church. And I'm not a good Christian. I'm a rebel. I'm a bad influence on people. So dear God, where are you? Who are you? And I struggled with this for 10, 15, 20 years. And after 10, 15, 20 years, I got onto the internet. Then the internet did exist. And I looked up the church. What happened to my friends? What happened to that great friendly family? And guess what? The church didn't exist anymore. The church wasn't there anymore. The church, figuratively speaking, exploded. It was lawsuit over lawsuit. Mental abuse all over the place. They had their own school. And if your kids didn't go to that particular school, you got kicked out of church. If your kids didn't go to the sports club that the church also had well that was quite something and eventually you got kicked out of church since you weren't obedient to what the pastor told you and you weren't just kicked out of the church no you were called out in church that you were from the devil that you were not a Christian that you would go to hell and you got shunned by the whole church they were not allowed to talk to you anymore. Not to say hello. Not to say how are you. Not to come up for a cup of tea. Nothing. Shunned. 100%. Your own family wasn't, if they were still in the church, weren't allowed to talk to you anymore. And the worst thing that you could do is ask questions to the pastor that what he said wasn't biblical. That was the worst thing that you could do then you were definitely a devil, then you would definitely go to hell, and then you got kicked out of church. And it was lawsuit over lawsuit. The pastor had an affair with one of the other people in church, and it was a mess. And then I figured it out. I always thought that God cursed me, that God kicked me out of a church, and that it was a curse. But now I got it. It wasn't a curse. It was a blessing. 
I was still trying to figure out what's wrong with this place. I had some negative vibes, but I was still trying to figure it out. But God already knew. This is not a church. This is a cult. And Martin, we're going to get you out. So they will kick you out. And it's not a curse. It's a blessing. And then I knew God was still there. God was there. God protected me. He didn't leave me. He was there. And then I got the other thing. Because of what has happened down there. I got really serious into Bible study. I didn't believe a word somebody actually taught to me. If the pastor says A. I would get my Bible out. And I would start to study. I would start to. Is it really true what the pastor says? And when it was true. Thank God that it was. I was so happy with it. I finally found a pastor who was biblical. I was so happy. So it taught me to do my Bible study. Trust God. Read his word. And don't believe a word anybody says to you. But I still had a feeling. So this was a lesson for me. Which was quite a rough lesson. But is that it? Or is there more? It was quite a price to pay for 10, 15, 20 years. And yeah, I learned a lot. Now that I figured it out, I got closer to God, so that was worth it. But still, is this it? And then we get to today, or actually a couple of months ago. Today we're working as missionaries. And I'm working as a coach and a counselor. My wife is a certified therapist. And we talk to people who are having a real rough time. And I started to talk with a guy who had cancer. And the doctors gave him two months to live. And let's be honest, two months to live, that's quite a tough message. But the reason that he started to talk to me was a different reason. He went to a church and in the church they told him that it was his fault that he got cancer. He has sin in his life and because of that sin he has cancer. And if his faith is good enough, if his faith is big enough, God will heal him. And if God doesn't heal him, that does mean that his faith is not big enough and that he's actually not a Christian. And if so, if he dies of cancer, he'll go to hell. He'll go to hell. He'll go to hell because of cancer. Because it. And then I thought about my trip on my little red bike to the UK. And I remembered the same sort of stories that I heard. Exactly the same sort of stories that somebody told this guy were also told in that church on stage. If your faith is big enough, God will heal you. And if God doesn't heal you, it's your own fault. Your faith is not big enough. And if you get sick, it's because of your sin. There's sin in your life and you should say goodbye to your sin. And they told me the same back in the UK. 
And now the person that I talked to had a couple of problems. Yes, he had cancer and his last days were literally numbered. And that's quite sad as it is already. But now he blamed himself. Why? What did I do wrong? And if he did do something wrong, he asked God for forgiveness, but he still didn't get healed. So if he didn't get healed, that would mean his faith was not big enough. So he would go to hell. And if he couldn't figure it out soon enough, he would die. And then what? And he really struggled with it. And I'm, I actually met him by coincidence. Well, what's coincidence? But okay. And then I told him, you know what? I don't have an answer for you. And I'm going to talk to you with it, to talk to you about it. And uh, please don't believe a word I'm going to tell you. Let's get our Bible out and let's see what the Bible says about this. And I took a verse from John 9 where Jesus healed a blind man. And the disciples asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? Is that the reason why he was born blind? Question mark. And then Jesus said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And then the story goes forward and this guy gets healed. And I told the man that I was talking to who had cancer, you see what this verse says? This verse says that it's not this guy didn't sin, his parents didn't sin, but God had a bigger plan. God had a way bigger plan and that's why he got sick. Things happen. And let's be honest, we all eat the apple in paradise. And after that, the world, well, it's not perfect anymore, to say the least. So yeah, we do get sinned. But it doesn't mean that if you get cancer, the same as in John 9, it doesn't mean that you sinned and that's the reason that you got cancer. It doesn't mean your parents sinned and that's the reason that you got cancer. God has a bigger plan, and although I don't know what God's bigger plan is with you and for you, this is what the Bible says about people who are sick. And then we started to, par to talk about the story of Paul in the Bible, Paul who had a, a thorn, and Paul prayed for it three times, and this was the Paul in the Bible. Paul was quite something. And Paul prayed his socks off three times, and it didn't happen. And this was the Paul that got the gift of healing. But Paul himself didn't get healed. And Paul said, God's grace is enough for me. And Paul trusted God that God had a bigger plan. Paul eventually died in the circus in Rome, for, as far as we know. It's not in the Bible, but let's just say that that's true. And Paul didn't get saved. He died in the circus in Rome. And eventually we all die. So please, dear brother or sister, in this case a brother who has cancer, don't believe a word I'm telling you. This is what the Bible says about people who are sick, faith. And this is the verse from John 3.16. 
And the first in John 3.16 says that if you believe what Jesus did for you, you are saved. And it doesn't say if you believe what Jesus did for you and you die a natural death, then you will be saved. No, it doesn't say that. And then this guy got it. And he said, wow, but why are you so strict on Bible verses? Why don't you say I think or I, my opinion is? And I said, well, you know what? And then I told him my story of my road trip to the UK on my little red bike. And then he got it. And he said, yeah, you went through the same thing that I'm going through. And thank you for your story. Now I finally get it. I shouldn't trust people. I shouldn't trust anybody Anybody says, I should trust God. And God has a plan, and I should trust God's word, which is the Bible. And the Bible is very clear. If I believe what Jesus did for me, I will be saved. And I believe what Jesus did for me, so am I saved? And I say, yeah, you are. Well, this is what the Bible says, and the Bible says you're saved if you do believe, yada, yada, yada. And that guy became a Christian right there at that very moment. He let go of what everybody else told him and trusted God's word. And then I finally got it. God sent me to the UK to learn me a lesson. God never left me. God learned me a pretty rough lesson. And now I can use that story to bring other people a little bit closer to Christ. I know what they're going through. And because of that, I've got different conversations with people right now about these sort of things. And what a blessing my road trip on my little red bike to the UK was. It wasn't a curse. God had a way bigger plan. And that's about it for today. So yeah, I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, please do like, subscribe, follow, whatever. And I'll hope I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Missionaries Podcast. For more information about this podcast and how you can help us, visit www.me.pl. God bless and keep up the great work for His glory.